Welcome to the Trochia podcast series. Hi, this is Ginger Simonello, and welcome to the podcast. Today we're going to be talking about five steps to bloom where you're planted. In other words, it just means five ways that we can live joyfully contented in whatever situation God has placed us in. Oh, and it is a lesson I've been learning my entire life. Um, nine years ago, I got in a U-Haul truck with my parents and we drove 18 hours from Texas to Phoenix, Arizona. I was 26 years old and I was ready for adventure. What I wasn't expecting was that pit in my stomach feeling when I dropped them off at the airport knowing I would be getting back in my car alone. We hugged tightly and I fought back tears as I pulled onto the freeway and started my drive. I think the grief over these changes was really startling to me. The truth is, transitions can be really overwhelming, no matter what our phase of life. I think back to moving from junior high to high school or starting that first day of college or marrying my spouse or even having my daughter two years ago, there was no way for me to prepare fully for any of those transitions or to anticipate the changes headed my way. Can I tell you in these last two years, there have been a lot of tears and that's not just the baby. <laughs> but throughout each new season, I have the same choice to make. Am I going to shrivel up or am I going to bloom? The amazing thing is that we have such a tender gardener in our Heavenly Father that if we really believe that we've been placed here on this earth, in our neighborhood, at our jobs, for a purpose, then we have to believe that our Heavenly Father was good in choosing that, that He's purposeful in our placement. Because of that truth, I believe that there are ways to joyfully bloom even in the midst of the most discouraging circumstances. So how are we going to do that? How are we going to bloom no matter the circumstances? The first step is this. Stop waiting. Stop waiting. I've been so guilty of this in my life. For a long time, I believed that life planting was going to happen in my future. You know, as a high school student, in college, even post-college, I kept wondering when my life was really going to start. I hoped for this exciting story full of romance and the perfect job and global travels and multiple degrees and fame and success and a family and stability. And, and then, then, once I had those things, my life could really start. I would still be waiting for those roots had I not realized that there is contentment in the now phase and that life has begun. This verse became my theme during my transplant to Arizona. It's 1 Corinthians 7.17 in the message version. It says this, And don't be wishing you were someplace else or with someone else. Where you are right now is God's place for you. Live and obey and love and believe right there. Isn't that good? Look, God has chosen this season for you and I right now. We don't have to wait for the good things to come our way sometime down the road. We can embrace the now of life and stop waiting. In John 10, 10, Jesus says, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. That means life is found in Jesus, not in those boxes that I thought I needed to check off. So another way to bloom while you're planted, where you're planted, is to choose your response. 
where I live, my spouse, my children, my work, health, finances, all of those things, they're part of my planting, where I end up in life. And each of those things individually provide an opportunity for me to shrivel in negativity or bloom with an open heart. While we may not get to choose where we are placed in the garden, we can choose how we respond to the placement. I hear my friends with kids say this all the time, choose your response. It's so important to remember that God will not place us somewhere where we cannot bloom. For example, three years ago, I was able to travel to Israel. It was an amazing trip, a once in a lifetime experience, although I hope to repeat it. And one of the moments that stands out in my mind is when we visited the Holocaust Museum in Jerusalem. Um, it was uh, devastating. There was an, but even though it was devastating, there was an entire section of the museum dedicated to the art, music, literature, and poetry produced by prisoners of the concentration camps. In the midst of the darkest and bleakest moments of history, beauty still found a way. Look, perhaps you feel like you acknowledge, okay, I've been planted here, but you're miserable, you're worn out, you're lonely, you're isolated or disappointed. Do you feel like you've been planted somewhere where you can't see the sun? Check the influences around you. Plants always find a way to grow. I have this potted plant in my kitchen that is nestled in between two different windows and it has started growing the vine up the wall and around my curtain so that it can face the sun. A plant needs soil, air, water, and sun to thrive and we need similar ingredients for encouragement as well. Check for your friendships. Are they encouraging? Are they building you up? Are you finding time to exercise and move your body, to rest, to really rest, not just sleep, but to just be? And do you have a deepening relationship with the Lord? If you really do desire to bloom, to live in contented joy, check out those feeding sources for your heart. Those ingredients will allow you to choose a positive response no matter what comes. Colossians 2, 6 through 7 in the NIV says, So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in Him, rooted and built up in Him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. Speaking of thankfulness, step three in blooming where you're planted is to exercise gratitude. The very word bloom implies action, and that action starts with gratitude. If we exercise the muscle of thankfulness, out of it will bloom joy. <laughs> Look, I did a workout DVD two days ago, um, and I will confess to you that I'm still a little sore, that if I move my arm back uh, in certain ways, that I feel this tiny little muscle um, right above my elbow. And it's because I was working out a muscle that I apparently don't ever use. And so um, I find myself yelping in pain every once in a while. And gratitude, sadly, can become like that. We can be so out of practice because it is completely counter-cultural. Everything about our culture tells us that we will be happy if, right? If I beautify my house or I, I you know, have um, big vacations or I have the perfect body finally or the right stuff or my family finally gets it together and so on and so on. But thankfulness should be our daily rhythm because it's the truth. 
It's not eat your green beans because you have to, or say you're thankful because you have to, but because we have so much to be thankful for. It's a, a muscle. Gratitude is like a muscle. We have to work it out. So while I love going through Pinterest and finding things that would make my house more lovely and cute and perfect, maybe I need to walk through my house with post-it notes and write thank you notes on them. Thank you, God, that I have a place to lay my head each and every night. Thank you, God, for the walls of my room, even though they're not covered with cute art like I might want them to be. Thank you that I have walls to protect me, something that so many people in the rest of the world do not have. Or maybe the growth could start by thanking the baggers at your grocery store. Maybe it looks like voicing thanks to God in the morning for the day and then listing out my thanks in a journal before I go to sleep. There are so many ways to show gratitude but that's the thing. We need to show it. We need to express it. We need to exercise that muscle. 1 Thessalonians 5.18 in the NIV says, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Step four for blooming where you're planted is to dare not to compare. Dare not to compare. Comparison is a thief of joy. If I want to avoid the bug of discontentment and jealousy, I have to remember that every flower blooms differently. Lilies, orchids, my favorite hydrangeas, um, I mean, we could list every flower made, right? We don't have time to talk through all the differences when you wait for them to bloom, how much water they need, um, what season they're going to, I mean, there are so many differences in each of these. And what it looks like for you and I to bloom is just as diverse. We are all different and we are all blessed with different strengths and passions and talents. Blooming follows when we aspire to become the men or women God has uniquely created us to be. God did not give you another set of talents, a different family, or a different situation. He gave you exactly what you have, and he wants you to bloom where you're planted. Don't waste valuable time longing for your spouse or children to be someone that they are not. Don't waste valuable time wishing that you were someplace else or with someone else. Dare not to compare your story with anyone else. Galatians 6, 3 through 5 in the message is one of my favorites, and it says this, Live creatively, friends. Make a careful exploration of who you are and the work you have been given, and then sink yourself into that. Don't be impressed with yourself. Don't compare yourself with others. Each of you must take responsibility for doing the creative best you can with your own life. Amen. Step five is to spread the fragrance. So my mom is addicted to the scent of honeysuckle. She loves it. When I fly home to Texas, we often go on really long walks and we will be talking about whatever, A to Z, and all of a sudden she'll just freeze on the path and she'll go, is that, is that honeysuckle? And she will start walking around, nose in the air, trying to find it. I've actually watched her vault other people's fences just so she can get a little clipping of honeysuckle and she smells it all the way home. Oh, that smells so good. And she puts it in a little cup and it just sits there on her counter for a few days. We have to realize our potential to impact the garden in which we've been planted. So one small flower 
caught our scent from feet away. It just wafts into the air. We have that potential as well. We should radiate beauty and spread a fragrance to those around us with generosity of time, of spirit, and resources. 2 Corinthians 2.15 in the NIV says this, For we are to God the pleasing aroma of Christ among those who are being saved and those who are perishing. We are the aroma of Christ. What a beautiful picture. Look, joy is upsetting to the equilibrium around us. When we display joyful contentment, it indicates that something is either so wrong with us or so right. What an amazing trend to begin in our neighborhoods or on social media. What if our words, our posts and interactions, they showed abundant joy for the place that we've been planted instead of complaining and comparing. What a beautiful fragrance to spread to the world around us. It's time to bloom, friends. William Wordsworth says this, If thou indeed derive thy light from heaven, then to the measure of that heaven-born light, shine, poet, in thy place, and be content. Shine, poet, in thy place, and be content. Thanks for listening. We at Trochia are committed to helping you grow in Christ. Please join us at trochia.org. That's T-R-O-C-H-I-A.org, where you can sign up for our monthly e-newsletter, find blogs, videos, Bible study lessons, and more podcasts, all dedicated to Christian discipleship. And make sure to like our Trochia Facebook page to receive short daily devotionals. Be encouraged as our Lord's grace and peace goes with you.